Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com slash C-O-L-O sportsguys. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Do it. Do it. Do it. Hey, Ross, it's Rich Eisen. Yeah, it's Carl Mecklenburg. What's up? This is Ty Lawson. This is Jordan Hamilton from the Denver Nuggets, and you're listening to Colorado Sports Guys Podcast. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Nate Timmons and Ross Martin. Good morning, good evening, and good afternoon, wherever you are, whenever you are listening to the podcast. We appreciate you, you for doing it. That was smooth. This is the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. I am Ross Martin, and per usual, Nate Timmons is here. Hello, people of the interwebs. Come to me. Let's start an army. That was interesting. An mm-hmm. army to take over the world, Ross. Is that the Robocopolis? Robocopolis. Robopocalypse. <laughs> no, that's Robocopolis, where the police aren't what they seem and robots are everywhere. Yeah. Check out ColoradoSportsGuys.com for links to our Facebook, Twitter, and Amazon.com affiliate link. If you like to shop at Amazon and you want to support this podcast, go to ColoradoSportsGuys.com and click the banner each time you do your normal shopping, and you will be supporting this podcast. I love shopping on Amazon. Thank you to whoever bought an $800 television. Boom. Boom. And some other nice items. Xbox I saw in there. People are starting to do their Christmas shopping, and there's no better place to do it than at Amazon.com, where you can get free shipping, and you can get things tax-free, and you can get them delivered to your door. It is the best, the best, the biggest selection, the cheapest prices, and you support this podcast by going to ColoradoSportsGuys.com. And why don't you just lay down 80 bucks and get Amazon Prime, and you get two-day delivery. Boom. Did you ever go to the stores and then just uh, like do all your shopping at the store and then write stuff down or take pictures or I don't know what kids do these days and then go home and just buy it all on the internet? Like you just do your research in the store and then go home and buy it on the web? You know what I do? I uh, have an Amazon app on my phone and I can be in the store and I can just open that app, scan the barcode. It brings up that product and I can order it right then and right there. Oh, that's handy. Mm. Handy dandy, as mm. the kids say. Mm-hmm. Denver Broncos. Winners. Winners. Eight and three? My God. My God. The dream of 13 and three still alive. Still alive and looking pretty good. On the way to Baltimore. We're going to talk about that at length. We're also going to talk, I would wager, about the Nuggets. Oh yeah, Is that a, 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 the Nuggets? Oh. Question mark. Oh yeah, big time Nuggets <laughs> yeah. basketball. I gotta tell you, Nate, I'm exhausted. Today I worked a full four hours outside of here. Good lord! First day after on the job at a new job after being benched for two weeks while they shuffled through the paperwork. You getting health care? Oh yeah, nice, nice health care. <laughs> 
It's Obama. <laughs> Get some health care. You got dental. But I'm, I'm a little, I'm going to need you to, you know, you know, pick up your game a little bit this week because I'm feeling a little worn out. Why don't you make some of that special coffee that you usually you'll brew up or you'll have it in a thermos from a I few hours I prefer the ago. Dale's Pale Ales. Boom. Fish for beer. The Cardinal Sports Guys podcast. <clears throat> so Broncos, Nuggets. Uh, what, what do you think, uh, like, you know, we won't talk about it at length because we don't really do college sports here. Boom. John Embry fired. Fired. Oh, yeah, we'll get into that. Fired. We'll talk sure. about that as well as Bill McCartney's remarks on the topic. Can we just call him Wild Bill from now on? <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> Is he getting there? He's like, Bill, I love my wife, McCartney. What's the name of that Promise Keepers, that weirdo organization? Yeah. And by the way, ESPN today, their graphic. I'm going to start a husband organization that says, uh, it's called, uh, hus- Liar Husbands. <clears throat> liar Husbands. What we about- lie for the benefit of the woman. I'm going to look one up here. Uh, what about No Ma'am? Remember No Ma'am? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Married with children? Yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Hey, look up the, uh, was one of those guys, one of the members of No Man, was that the guy who plays Senator Clay Davis in The Wire? <laughs> I don't think so, okay. but I know which guy you're thinking. It looks like him. National Organization of Men Against Amazonian Masterhood? Uh, that might be the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Google, you screwed me again. <laughs> Google, get your act together. What else we want to talk about here? Uh, I don't know. Now I'm caught up on this Al Bundy thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh. we'll see you talk. Uh, ESPN had the wrong spelling of Embry, I noticed today when I was at the gym. Did they use a Y? Yeah, yeah, yeah. they went Y. That's not, that's poor <laughs> that's, editing. That's, uh, how much CU's been on the national news lately, I did guess. Did they say, did they at least get it CU and not UC? Oh, I don't you know. You ever notice when people do that? UC? Yeah. What the hell? I don't know. Garbage. It's stupid. <laughs> or they call it Colorado <laughs> University. They call it Colorado University or UC. And first of all, it's University of Colorado and it is CU. I know. It's a little hard to remember two different things. Excuse me. Boy. A little Casey old uh, burpees <laughs> over there tonight, huh? Oh, man. Picking it up. <clears throat> Everybody. What are we even doing? Just keep going. You want to no. play a crowd noise or something to. Yeah, we'll, we'll break it up a little bit here. Get a little, get a little tunes. Maybe stretch our feet. Uh, you know, do Great. a little something. Best intro ever. Ross, I wanted to uh, mention just quickly here before we get into uh, a little, little talk. Uh, we had a, a folly last week where I had uh, forgot to take my laptop on my trip to the mountains. Couldn't upload the Gamblers on the Storm episode. Did you say we had a folly? Uh, yes, I like to speak as myself as we. Well, I'm big enough for two people now. All right. Because that <laughs> was my, all you. I ate my way into uh, that status over the weekend. You freaking blew it. I did. And then you told me on Twitter That's I was extremely unprofessional. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's oh, yeah. like just inexcusable. I mean, not that we're professional. But at least we should but, be able you know, to adhere to a simple schedule. Yeah. What do you think that says to our listeners who, who are waiting around for that? You know, does that mean, does that, do you think that that makes the listeners think that you care about them? That type of nonchalance? 
Yeah, those bastards. That incompetence. <laughs> incompetence. But he said I was uh, – he told me via Twitter I was fired, so I actually have uh, – Going to be auditioning for a new podcast Saturday, 5280 Hoop Show. Actually, I'm just stepping in as a guest on that show, but I'll be doing that. As a Saturday. guest host? Guest host, yes, with Peter Sherwell. Peter Sherwell. Well, Peter, I write have fun doing the worst episode you've ever done. <laughs> Hope you like your confidence, buddy, because I'm bringing a heaping pile of it on Saturday. 5280 Hoops. 5280 so, Hoop Show. It's based in Denver, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yep. Referencing the mile highs, mile high above sea level altitude here. I think he built some sort of uh, scaffolding to get himself up to 5280. Yeah. And up then he does that, it from a clubhouse up, up to there. that purple row. Yep. That purple row at Kerr's Field. He's, he's up there. There you go. I bet we're about a mile high here. Oh, yeah. Easy. Yeah. If not if not higher. <laughs> 6280 probably. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, in your face. Colorado Springs Guys Podcast. Ugh, springs. Let's not associate that with anything. All right. Anyway, what do we got? We're going to start in Broncos here? No. Oh. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. But oh. I want to say, I forgot to mention that the competition is heating up for our ticket giveaway. Ooh. The voicemails are rolling in, and there's some pretty good competition, some good ones in there. So if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you should be more of a dedicated listener. Yeah. And you're probably not going to win, so don't even try. But just as a reminder, for those people who like to listen to the podcast when they're blacked out, as I often do, ticket giveaway, December 23rd, Browns at Broncos, two free tickets from us, a gift from us to you, to the person who leaves the most compelling voicemail at 720-722-1... I forgot the number. <laughs> one two seven four. Seven two zero seven two two one two seven four. Yes, thank you. Seven two zero seven two two one two seven four. There we go. Boom. So leave those. They're coming in. We got about fifteen so far, which uh, seems a little low. I would have expected a lot more, but you have until uh, you know, like the December, you know that that uh, that week before the game. So let's. You I, know. I don't think people are used to making phone calls anymore. Is probably the problem. Yeah, that's true. They're like, how can I Facebook this thing? Yeah. 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 Stupid By the way, idiot I got a listeners. phone replacement today, and it's telling me when I'm trying to get Instagram on my phone that this device is not compatible with Instagram. So I got to call Verizon and figure that out. Ah. Uh, Ugh. Got technology. Cool story, Hansel. God, I just want Instagram. I want to take <clears> pictures <throat> of sunsets, Ross. There you go. Yeah, so anyway, make Damn. that call and uh, leave the voicemail, and we'll get you a couple sweet-ass tickets to the Bronco game. I mean, these are the best Frickin' seats. And the Browns are feisty, too. You're in the front row of the, of the second level by yourself. Nobody in front of you. Nobody behind you. You know, you need to go take a smoke break or run to the bathroom. You're not excusing yourself from stepping over people. If you want to go grab a cold, you know, cool the seats before the Barrel Man passed, may he rest in peace, we're actually right next to the Barrel Man. I spent many a game watching the Bronco game with the Barrel Man. Nice. Yeah, I feel pretty fortunate. But anyway... Broncos. Broncos on three. Can I ask you a question, Nate? I wish you would. Yeah. Uh, did you have any negative feelings about the Broncos uh, game against the Chiefs, about the, about the win? Did you did you feel like this was a bad omen, a bad sign of things to come? No. Somehow evidence that the Broncos are not a real, real contender for any meaningful championships? 
this well, year? You know, I think yeah, just watching you know sports that you know baseball, basketball, hockey, where you have more games, you're prone to more stink bomb games where your team just is tired or they're not they're not up to snuff that week or whatever. In the NFL. 16 games, you don't really expect that too much, but you're going to get them. And this was just one of those games I thought where, you know, Denver, for whatever reason, wasn't totally on track. But no, I mean, they're dealing with, you know, replacing a, a new running back. Wasn't really concerned at all. To and the, the defense played well. Uh, I think the Chiefs played their absolute best possible game. Yeah. They threw the Broncos the absolute best they could do. Brady Quinn looked pretty decent, I thought. And the Broncos, maybe they were a little, you know, a little soft, maybe a little slow, maybe a little, maybe it's those morning games or something. I don't know, but they just didn't seem that, you know, you know, fired up or anything, but they still got away with a win. And I didn't see, I mean, it's one thing if you're going to go play Kansas City, right? And you're not in the AFC West, and Kansas City is as bad as they are, and, and you know, say Baltimore goes into Kansas City, it's one thing for that type of a game, right? To you know, to have like, I would be concerned with the Baltimore Ravens as a Ravens fan. I would be concerned about that type of thing. But when you're talking about a divisional opponent, you know, on the road, you know, in Week Twelve, which way they, what they call a spoiler special, yeah, <laughs> trap upset, game. upset. What did you call it last week? Upset special. Yeah, I might have said that. That but. was a really good one. You should trademark that. So I'm not that concerned. I mean, I'm you know not any more concerned than I ever am. Yeah, the only thing that maybe you know that the Kansas City showed was the run game. I mean, they had you know a pretty decent game on the ground. With Jamal Charles went for 107, McCluster 23. They had close to 150 yards as a team. Maybe a little bit concerned there, but yeah, I mean Brady Quinn looked like a sort of a competent backup quarterback, you know, but. Other than that, I don't know. I mean, some people have been saying or been hearing some stuff like the Broncos offense hasn't been any good for a couple of weeks, you know, since like the New Orleans game or whatever. But, you know, you're going to have some ups and downs during the year. I thought for sure, I mean, if we want to talk about Sean Moreno, a guy that I think we did our top five last week and I had my number one saying, I'm glad we drafted Ronnie Hillman so we don't have to see Sean. <laughs> and then Sean comes out and, you know, has a pretty good game. Uh, average, you know, just as good as uh, Jamal Charles on the ground, 4.3 yards a carry. Uh, he's pretty good in pass protection too, which is, I think, the main reason to have him back there. We didn't see any Lance Ball. He yeah, didn't get no it all kidding. There, so. I had him starting in one of my leagues. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of a big question, right? Like we didn't know if it was going to be Hillman and Ball or if Noshan was going to get a shot. And, I mean, yeah, he got went from being inactive for a few weeks to starting running back. Very interesting. Not something you see very often where yeah. they would keep a guy, you know, who keep your backup starter, I guess, inactive. I mean, they had to have been pretty sure about bringing him in for that game. But did he leapfrog Hillman and Ball, or was he always just kind of left there as kind of like a – you know, in the reserves, kind of fresh legs, ready to go uh, type player, I wonder. You know, the thing for me with him, too, is you know, this guy was a high draft pick, first round pick, great college player, had that DUI, you know, with the with the Broncos was last year or whatever. Yeah, and, he, you know, he, he needed something to give him a wake-up call and maybe being inactive for a few weeks and realizing – holy shit, my NFL dream could be over. You know, if I don't do something here, I get cut from this team. So maybe that was a good uh, wake-up call for him, and maybe we'll see, you know, some promising things out of him the rest of the season. I don't know, because who knows if Willis McGahee's ever going to come back. He might, but, 
I mean, being over 30 years old, this team needs somebody. It was supposed to be Noshan. And he's, you know, this is his time to show that, you know, he's worthy of a roster spot still. So, yeah. It's nice to see him get some, get some yards and do some good things. I thought it was good. It was a weird game to watch, kind of. <laughs> the, I mean, the Chiefs looked bad, basically. I mean, they had a couple good drives, but at no point was I ever like in despair. Do you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah. it wasn't like, oh my God, we're going to lose. No, like, I never thought that. Yeah, I was just kinda, <laughs> like I probably should have. <laughs> yeah, I felt the same way, man. I just never felt like there was any doubt that Denver would come out on top of that one. And man, how about that pass from Peyton to Demarius Thomas for that touchdown? Incredible. Is that that thirty yarder? I mean, that, that was, was just. Awesome. I thought maybe my fantasy team was going to win after that completion, but more importantly, beautiful catch. That was that was nice. Yeah, over the shoulder. They're like the sun hit him right in the eyes as he was going. Well, you in. know, I was thinking about that because if you think about it, going from shade to sun isn't that big of a deal. It's it's going from sun to sun shade. to shade that's a problem. I mean, you could still see the ball the whole time. Like you know, if you're driving down a you know a road and it you know and you're trying to go from sun to shade, it's that's hard. But, yeah, but uh, it still was cool. Like you know, it just seemed like it made it a lot harder, but it was just a great. You ever catch those type of passes too, like the over the shoulder? I catch where, everything. Yeah, I mean, I, my hands are unbelievably good. <laughs> yeah, me too. I mean, I, I just, you know, I take inanimate objects, throw them around just to show people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But those over the shoulder catches, it's like it's so weird because you're not totally able to watch it into your. I mean, you watch it into your hands, but it's like you're kind of blind for a second or something to where like it hits your hands and then you can see again or something. It's strange. It's like a strange feeling, but. I uh, was fun. playing catch with a buddy of mine the other day out in this, this residential street. Nice. <laughs> and uh, he gave me one of those passes, and I was looking over my head, and I'm running, and, you know, I just kind of, my mind goes back to my younger days, right? I'm like, oh, eyes on the ball the whole running way. Four six forty. <laughs> five <laughs> five point oh forty, <laughs> And uh, now it would be like 8.7 minutes. <laughs> And I, I I catch the ball and then instantly run right into the side of his Jeep Cherokee. Oh man! Man, there there, this was like a full blown car accident. I was fine. Huge dent in the side of the really? door. Really huge dent. <laughs> like it was it was sweet. That's awesome. And by the other day, I mean that was fourteen years ago. Yeah, I haven't played catch. <laughs> I think the last time I played catch was right before a softball game with. You know, playing a little game of catch with softball gloves. So, God, I haven't thrown a old pigskin around I for a while. I was throwing it around a little bit with my nephew and his buddies a couple of weeks ago at a Halloween uh, pumpkin carving party. It That's was embarrassing. Quite, it was quite a mouthful. <laughs> it's embarrassing. <laughs> you probably shouldn't mention that. Buddies at a Halloween pumpkin carving party. <laughs> anyway, I'm not. I'm not worried. This game coming up though, Tampa Bay is kind of looking pretty good and. Uh, this could, uh, you know, if this was on the road, I'd be more nervous. But eh, as is, it goes this season, I'm not nervous at all. No, not at all. And I'm starting to hear some talk like you brought up weeks ago about Von Miller being not only the best defensive player for the Broncos, but perhaps the best defensive player in the NFL. Without question. Yeah. Without question, he is the best. They were talking the other day about uh, Bill Simmons' mailbag was saying, what if Andrew Luck had decided to come out, I think, after his junior year? That was the year that the Broncos took Von Miller. And uh, that was the year that Cam Newton went number one. So Ooh. they were saying, you know, what if Cam, you know, what if Andrew Luck would have been number one? And then the Broncos more than likely would have taken Cam Newton number two. 
and not taking Von Miller. Yeah. How scary of a thought is that? And then you think Peyton Manning came the next year, so it's like, uh, what? Like, that would be a weird team. Hey, this whole this whole freaking three or four years has been insane. I've said this many times. You, you, some like the ghost of football future comes and knocks on your door four years ago, and is like, uh, let me tell you a little something about 2012. <laughs> you're you're gonna have Peyton Manning be your quarterback. And you'd be like, what? That's insane. We go from Kyle Orton to Peyton Manning? Yeah. And then you go, no, 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 you idiot. We went, you went from Kyle Orton to Tim Tebow to Peyton Manning. You would kick that stupid ghost of football future in the face and kick him <laughs> out of your house. And you'd be like, you are a fraud. But that's actually what happened. Yeah. The Broncos went from Kyle Orton, a starting quarterback, to Tim Tebow to Peyton Manning. God, it's crazy. It's I- blowing my mind. We drove back from uh, Fraser on Sunday. I was up at my uh, parents' house up there, my mom, my stepdad. And um, we listened to the game on the radio, I think the first quarter and some of the second quarter. And I didn't realize that it's Ed McCaffrey doing games with yeah, Dave Logan. He's pretty good. I was, I, like, I was like, who's this Ed guy he's talking about? Just oblivious. Yeah. You know? Two like, weeks ago, I had to do that. I had to listen to the game. And it's been, I hadn't listened to a game on the radio all season. Yeah, me neither. I thought he was all right. I mean... I thought he was good, yeah. He's kind of just generic. I liked him better than Brian Greasy. I always, I always liked Greasy. Yeah, I could never. I, I was blech, get out of there. <laughs> but I was, I was like, I was like, I was asked Adam Kinney at the Nuggets game uh, from Denver Sports Nation on Mile High Sports Radio. I was like, who does the games with Logan? He was like Ed McCaffrey. I was like, he's like Ed McCaffrey, idiot. Yeah, what are you? Some kind so of, you know anything? Some kind of idiot or something? I was like, yeah, basically, but. You're like, That's crazy. I don't know what he is, some sort of terrestrial radio douchebag. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so what I'm talking. We live in the internet, okay? Live in the web. The internet. The future. But I'm talking with, uh, listening to the game and driving down. I was talking with my sister who, uh, basically split season tickets with my uncle and she was saying, you know, yo, like we're talking about Mike Adams, you know, he sound like he's having a great game to start things out. Like Mike Adams on the play, on the play. And I'm like, well, I guess that's good and bad. You don't want your safety making all the plays because typically that means Kansas City's gaining yards unless he's blitzing all the time. But then we started talking about Raheem Moore. There's a name you don't hear that often this season. Yep. Like he's he it's true. just getting phased out because of all the other guys or is he just not – Performing up to snuff, really? Is he not special? He's just not special. <laughs> just not one of them special fellas? I don't know, man. We got the best defense in the league. Yeah. You know what I mean? You got to be pretty damn good to be talked about on a defense with the guys that we have. I thought like the big billing on him was, you know, kind of a hopefully a second coming of like a Steve Atwater, like a big hit guy. Mm-hmm. And he's shown that at times where he just likes to fly around a little bit, but I want more out of Raheem Moore. All right. All right. Oh. How about your boy, dude? Are we going to talk about Matt Prater? <sighs> yes. I, I think we should talk about this. It's, it's not a topic I would, would have liked to have ever considered coming up in the negative light. I mean, Matt Prater's been the most consistent Bronco for 10 years or however long he's been. I mean, he's been our best player, basically. Has he, you know. has he stopped drinking on Saturday <laughs> nights? I, I don't know what his deal is. Like, but... <laughs> You know, a lot of guys, you know, uh, Mason Crosby, right, out of Green Bay is struggling this year. I saw you and, tweet uh, something you know, about that. And it's like he's always been, you know, pretty much a, you know, a guaranteed, I mean, 
as good as automatic comes, right? And same with Prater. These guys don't miss. There's a weird, I don't know, like this could just be, I mean, I'm sure they haven't fundamentally changed the football or whatever, but you see way more like screwballs and, you know, uh, hooks and and slices. Like I'm seeing way more movement in this ball from left to right. Sometimes it looks just like a knuckleball all of a sudden. It's really weird. It's like a sideways knuckler and you're like, what the heck was that? And uh, so I wonder like what's going on because I've been seeing like a lot of Prater's balls that he's kicked, right, they start out perfect and then just – you know, just hook, just hook off to the right. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it got to be a weird thing to be a kicker. And I mean, it's got to be all feel and repetition and muscle memory, right? I mean, you, you can, it's like a mental block. Maybe it's just get, it's up in his head now. And now that feeds on itself. Uh, you know, the other thing I, you know, I wonder about with a guy like Prater is that he is big dude and he seems to really power that, you know, it's not like so much a, it's like less graceful, you know, like adjacent fluidity. The- yeah, and it's more just like muscle. Maybe he needs to like slow down on the squats a little bit, you know, <laughs> do a little yoga and kind of get back to because they, that guy's just getting jacked. Like he's getting bigger and bigger every season. I mean, is this guy Moonlight is a bouncer or something? <laughs> like, can't we just tell this guy that he's throwing, like, he throws himself kicker. out of the club every weekend? <laughs> yeah. All right, I've had enough. <laughs> like he's a kicker, you know. You don't have to be jacked. Yeah. Right. Nobody. I mean, you're still not going to win any fist fights in the locker room, you know. So um, he could you know, maybe take Britain Colquitt. <laughs> you know, go get do some fake tanning, grow a little, you know, French mustache. You know, show up in your umbros every day and kick field goals. We don't. We don't need Mister Universe out there. Yeah. And uh, you know, but yeah, that is kind of disconcerting because the way Prater's been kicking. You know, but it's also interesting too, is because I, I, I haven't looked at it, the numbers yet, but I'm guessing he kicked a lot more field goals last year, uh, or at least attempts last year than this year. And that's because we're scoring a lot more touchdowns probably this year. But, you know, that's a little disconcerting if we have to rely on him at the end of a game. And that's. I think you'll be all right. Get some of those misses out of the way if you're going to have them, and then uh, let's come back strong. And I think the real highlight of the game against Kansas City was something that nobody really even talked about, which is the fact is that like two-thirds of the Colquitt punting dynasty was on the field, <laughs> just putting on a display, just back and forth chess match of punting. I mean, this was power and precision. Nobody likes to talk about punters. As Rich Eisen likes to say, punters are people too, but... This this was magnificent. I was in awe at these punts. Forty two a punt for uh, Britain and about forty five for Dustin. Is Dustin the elder? Wait, Britain had forty two punts in the game. No, he averaged forty two yards a punt. <laughs> I think I think the other guy, Dustin, I think he might have had fifty punts in that game. Yeah, but, uh, he had five, but it's, it was it was cool to see the Colquitt <laughs> brothers out there. I had to explain to uh, my other sister on the drive down. She's going. Colquitt, like she couldn't quite grasp that the brothers were on two different teams. You know what I'm saying? No, one brother's here, and then the other brother. Oh, okay, I got it. Uh, Put that guy in there and get that other guy out of there. Get that guy in there, put him over there. (laughs) Prater, 19 field goals last year. No, wait. uh, Whoa. He attempted 25 field goals last year, and he's attempted 20 so far this year. Oh, right. Well, I guess I'm way off. 
Well, there's a lot of punting last year as well. That's true. That is true. So. Cole quit. <laughs> MVP 2011 Broncos. Yep. But, uh, yeah, I'm not worried in the slightest. I think we're going to just keep it rolling, keep it rolling. I can't wait to play Baltimore. I think we can beat that team. I heard an interesting stat. Baltimore has won like 60-some straight games at home. Yeah, but do we have Tampa next? Tampa's next. And then Baltimore. And then, I thought it was and, no, Baltimore. No, it's, it's, it's Tampa, then another team, and then Baltimore, I think. <laughs> nice. But anyway, did you hear that, by the way? Just I threw that out there, kind of uh, apropos of nothing, that the Ravens haven't lost a game at home in like five years or, or something insane, six years. That sounds like something that we should probably look up. <laughs> well, you know who told me that was this idiot that I was at a happy <laughs> hour with the, uh, the other night from, from Baltimore. And uh, he wanted to talk about the Ravens. I just wanted to talk about The Wire. And I know uh, I'm only 11 years late to that conversation, but yeah. damn it, I still want to talk about Bushy Top. Yeah, we go Tampa Bay at home. And then we head to Oakland, and then we head Oakland, to Baltimore. Then Baltimore. So, Tampa so, Bay is pretty scary, though. That's a good team. Yeah, it is. It is a real good team. You I know, think they're going to surprise some people this year. I'm just glad we have them at home. Uh, if if Jeff was here, we could have burned his shorts. Oh my god, buck shorts. But Tampa Bay right now sitting just outside the playoffs, <laughs> six and five. So I mean, that's going to be pretty pretty tough. He says Tampa Bay logo cargo shorts. <laughs> oh, they're great. That's the only logoed cargo shorts ever made. I yeah, think. I he, think so. They might be worth something. You know, he's into uh, rare art. He is. You know, maybe. That's probably how he picked those bad boys <laughs> up. <laughs> Could be it. <laughs> yeah, Tampa in a three-way tie at six and five with Seattle themselves and Minnesota. So, pretty good game. I, I, I haven't really seen them too much this year, but Vincent Jackson obviously scares me a little bit. Uh, that other wide receiver is Mike uh, Williams. He's pretty good. And then uh, Josh Freeman as well, and then also the uh, the muscle hamster coming in running back. Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Tampa, pretty balanced offensive team, decent defensively, as they've always have been. Piece of cake. Rondé Barber, same type of player as Champ Bailey, both uh, twilight year cornerbacks that seem to never age. Rondé Barber's a cornerback. I thought he was a safety. He may be a safety now. He may have switched. Hmm. He may have converted. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. But. Mm-hmm. That'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. Are you going to that one? Are you can sit in those seats. You're going to be giving away. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> we'll see. Fair enough. I don't want a bunch us. of people hassling me over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, you can't have that. <laughs> All right, man. Broncos talk. <laughs> Looking good. It's great. Eight and three, man. Eight and three. Got to love it. Now on to more football business. I know you don't care, or maybe you are happy to see what's happening at CU. Pretty pretty horrible, 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 horrible season. First time they ever lost every single game at home. One win. Yeah, one, one and win. 11. One and 11. And for the most part, they weren't just losses, but they were absolute embarrassing ass-kicking losses. Yeah, like you weren't even now, you weren't even – in any of those games. Yeah, and giving up like 50-plus points in a lot of those and losing by 50-plus points. Now, my problem with this whole firing of John Embry is that how can you expect them to completely rebuild a team? And what did they expect from him? If they had two wins, would that have meant they keep him? Three wins? 
What, what are they doing up there? Like, wh- I've heard some making these decisions and. Well, Mike Bones, I guess, or whatever the hell his or name is. Or the boosters. Is, but... I kept hearing about boosters or complaining. Like, who hated John Embry and what did people expect? Well, kind of a, one theory I've heard is that they may, that Embry may have been kind of a lame duck hiring from the get go because they needed somebody cheap when they still had the Dan Hawkins buyout money and they couldn't get their hands on the Pac 12 TV money, I think, until next year. So. I heard that maybe they hired Embry knowing that he'd probably fail and then they could bring in somebody big time when they actually got the big t- or the Pac-12 money rolling in so they have money to spend on a coach. So why give him a five-year contract? I mean, I guess they I only know. have to pay him a million and a half. I mean, Dan Hawkins cost a lot of money. I think his bout was like 800000 wasn't it, Embry? Dan Hawk. Oh, Embry's? Yeah, yeah, it might be something like that, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't a lot, but at the same time, this program is so bad right now. I can't see any reason like a big-name coach. One of my CU friends was like, well, you know, before they got Embry, they talked to Les Miles, and then he went on to win the national championship. So maybe they go back to Les Miles. I was like, why in the hell would you leave LSU to come to CU right now? There's no reason to. No. You'd be an idiot. <laughs> no. You'd be an absolute no. idiot to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you would never – you might leave like a – you know, Division One mid-major conference team, something like that. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't leave anywhere in the South. That's for sure. Well, they've talked you about like you, the Air Force coach. Is it Troy Calhoun? Maybe getting a shot. I don't and the like other thing that. here is you can't, you can't be CU and say that you are a dominant football program and then go hire somebody in state from another college and say this is our big move. Yeah, like, or from a high school. Like, who are these idiots talking about Dave Logan? Right, Dave what Logan moron, who just cherry picks high school players. Yeah, what Come moron on. like would thinks Dave Logan is a good candidate for to coach the Buffs? He's not. He's not. It would be it would be like picking Walt Weiss as your head coach <laughs> if you're a baseball team. But Dave Logan, good guy, but I mean, you can't. Yeah, he just cherry picks high school guys. You know, he recruited guys like Lindale White to come to wherever he was. Is he at Valor now? Is Valor some powerhouse school? I've never even heard of Valor. Valor Christian is that where he is? I think he's at Valor, and Valor's just – I think they're trying to win their fourth or fifth state title in a row. Oh. But it's like Valor just sounds like a evil name from like Karate Kid type it movie. It does. It is, know? yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know how or long they it's play been play the around. Mighty Ducks, Valor versus the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> that sounds right. Yeah, I don't know how long they've been around. They weren't around back in my days of, you know, college or high school sports. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, you'd have to – and then, yeah, I heard somebody was saying, you know, Troy Calhoun, give me a break. No, no. <laughs> then, yeah. And then somebody said the guy from the School of Mines. You know, I mean, these are like legitimate people I hear, you know, talking about this stuff, you know, and it's the like, other no, name. What, what are they talking about? And first of all, now, after what Bill McCartney said today, basically saying that this is a racist organization and they fired John Embry because he's racist. And if he was white, like Dan Hawkins and like McCartney himself, that he would have would have had you know at least five years to turn it around, and and I don't know if there's any weight to that, like if there's any truth in that. But the bottom line is, is now that it's out there, the bus have to get a black head coach, <laughs> you know, or else they're going to yeah. seem doubly racist. And on top of that, even if Embry was a lame duck hire, I mean that would be pretty, that'd be pretty, like, I don't know, that would be very. <laughs> sound strategy in my opinion to hire a guy just to with the intention of firing him two years later yeah you know so you know another name i've heard i mean i don't think he got a fair shake i'll just say that but yeah i don't think he got a fair shake at all but at the same time i mean i mean you could say that cu is playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores this past year he hasn't really gotten his own players in there 
But to go 1-11 and as a Pac-12 school, not to win any home game since the first time in, what, 92 years at Folsom or whatever, I mean, you can't keep that guy and expect to be a respected program. I mean, you have to make changes there. You, you can keep him, you know, for one more year. And those guys turn into sophomores and juniors, yeah. and, you know, guys that he recruited. You know, that, that that's like, you know, I think that's a good idea. You know, four years, I think, is a fair amount of time to be expected to turn around uh, a, even a program that is absolutely in the dumps as the as the buffs have been and were two years ago. I think four years is fair because but was his that's coaching a soul, any full good? psycho. I mean he his coaching you saw in the games, they're getting beat like fifty six to seven and you know forty nine to ten or whatever the hell these scores are. I mean he's not even competitive. Well that's can what this it guy looks even like, coach at all? That's what it looks like when a college team plays a high school team, right? Yeah. And I mean and that's what you got basically up there in Boulder is you got basically high school players, you know, that you know, didn't get picked by all the other schools. Yeah. So, you know, you have to, and then, you know, the, the, some of these guys as they're recruiting, I mean, they develop relationships with, you know, you know, with, with different You can coaches. see mass transfers as well, or you can see recruits that had committed decommit. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. And, and, you know, the relationships you build up that networking, I mean, you're going out there, if you're John Embry and you're recruiting and you're meeting with, you know, you're developing relationships with coaches and administrators and, and, you know, of high school teams all over and building that trust up. I mean, that, that type of book of business that you need as, as a salesman, as a recruiter, that takes time. And so I don't think you got a fair shake, but I, I mean, I don't really care either. I just, I just want them to be better. If not for just to make this state a little more competitive, at least so that mile high showdown is fun to watch. Yeah, and another name that I've heard uh, bantered about by my CU fanatic friend is uh, Jack Del Rio, which makes me upset as a Broncos fan because I I don't want to see more defensive changes in Denver with the professional team. <laughs> Who just who's just like picking guys out of the blue? Like, what about Jack Del Rio? It's I don't ludicrous. know. I mean, Del Rio has said that he's not sure if he wants to be an NFL head coach again, but he said he has professed a love for Colorado that he really likes it here. So, I mean, I think that just turn some people on like oh man we need a, a a quality name what about this guy what about del rio but all right let me explain i'd be something. pissed if that happened because i want something. defense stability in when somebody gets hired to go coach like say for instance denver right and Dem- somebody <laughs> in the dem- the mile the, the one mile high city when they move there right and a reporter or somebody says, what do you think of Denver and Colorado? Stanks. I hate it. <laughs> they never say. I hate this place. I hate it. Yeah, exactly. I can't they stand say, the snow. I love Sun's it always here. shining. Right. Yeah, exactly. And what also happens, you know, your first day on the job, they ask you, so will you ever want a head coach in the NFL again? You don't say, yeah, it's my plan. Yeah, <laughs> next, be, year, next, next year, as soon as I get a job. Yeah. So uh, finding all these spurious connections between these types of things. And this, by the way, what I just said, guarantees that Jack Del Rio will be the next head coach of CU football. Because, well, you saw uh, with UCLA, they just hired uh, Mike Nolan Jr. Was it Mike Nolan Jr.? No, Jim Mora Jr. is the head coach there, and he, he jumped ship from the NFL to go uh, be at UCLA. So... I mean, there is a track record for it, but... But from the NFL to a team like CU, no. From the NFL to a team like UCLA, UCLA. or USC yeah. or, you know what I mean? Like, these types of huge programs, established winning tradition teams, not, not I mean, recent winning tradition. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be holding our breath for a jack of the river. 
No, don't do that. And the Broncos need him. I mean, let's face it. We need stability at the def- defensive coordinator position. <laughs> it's changed every year since I was like four. So <laughs> come on. <laughs> we have uh, attachment disorder. God. I just don't know who to trust. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't trust them. As soon as they get hired, they're, they're either getting fired or leaving. So whatever. That's you talk. Come back talk a little nuggos. Yep. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Yeah, my ears are sweaty. Nice. These big old earphones. Start rubbing some deodorant on those bad boys. <laughs> Got to talc up my my earphones. <laughs> nice. Some baby powder on there. <coughs> get, the, get the baby. I the use baby the green powder. bottle stuff. Oh, you're talking uh, a little gold bond. Oh, the the uh, sportsman or clubman. Oh, okay. This is like the stuff that gives you cancer. By I mean, it's this is so old school that it will give you cancer. Nice. Yeah. It's like lead-based powder. It's like like a a traditional blend of lead and asbestos. (laughs) (laughs) To keep you feeling dry and fresh. If you're not sick by the first day, you'll be sick as a dog by day two. Do you ever get a little swampy after your second glass of scotch in the morning? (laughs) Try the lead and asbestos-based talcum powder by Clubman since 1912. Apply at breakfast, be dead by dinner. <laughs> uh, Ross Nuggets, fantastic week last week, but uh, they started uh, last night off with a, a horrible loss in Utah. Ooh, ooh. But the Nuggets got big wins uh, after getting blown out in San Antonio on last Saturday, 126 to 100. Wasn't even that close. Nuggets reeled off four straight wins on the road at Memphis, in Minnesota. At home against Golden State and then at home against New Orleans. Uh, and then they lost last night in Utah in what was one of the most frustrating games of the season. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So now, what's the record? Uh, they are 8-7. and seven. Ooh. So hovering around 500. They've only had five home games so far this year. They won them all? At 15. Uh, four and one. They lost the Miami Heat at home on November the 15th, unfortunately. But last night in Utah, Andre Iguodala got kicked out of the game in one of the most bizarre, uh, double technicals I've ever seen. Like, he had an over the back. There was a, <clears throat> um, what's his name? Randy Foy. You know, they call like jump balls in the NBA. Sometimes it's like, I don't know. I don't know how they call it sometimes. Like, Randy Foy's behind Iguodala, like bear hugs over him and then kind of like rolls around him. And he has his arm completely locked up, and they call. Are they on jump. the ground? No, they're in the air. Oh. But he just like bear hugs him from behind, and they call, end up calling a jump ball. And I'm like, "How is that a jump ball? Like, in no way is that a jump ball. That's the definition of reaching in and over the back and whatever else you want to call it." And Iguodala's, you know, expressing the same thing to Al Jefferson of the Jazz, and you know, receives the technical, and then him and Jefferson are still talking about it, and then a ref walks by and just calls another technical and throws him out of the game, and it was like. But he was just talking to Jefferson. Like, they were laughing and talking, and he gets ejected and thrown out. And it was like, wow, that was that was really bizarre. But um, but that, what was he saying? I know. That's mm, uh, you know NFL I mean? films, NBA films, get the mic in yeah. there. Uh, on top of him, uh, you know, getting tossed from that game, Daniil Gallinari was going in and out of the locker room all night with uh, what was called a stomach flu. So supposedly he was either puking or needing a lot of – I like uh, it a lot cookie dough. <laughs> 
<laughs> More gelato. So he was either yeah, well, uh, Italian Thanksgiving. You know what I mean. Either needed to keep things down, or he needed to keep things plugged up with a little Imodium or Pepto. I don't know which one, but uh, I don't want to find out. I either. like the eggnog. <laughs> eggnog. <laughs> so a rough, uh, rough game, and then you know, whenever Utah wins, especially in Utah, it's just it just makes me mad. You know? Yeah, I hate Utah. Duh. I mean, just the Jazz, not the state. State's fine. Yeah, state's fine. Yeah, but yeah. Utah Jazz and their fans were like. Yeah, it was just one of those crazy games where every time a call went against them, their fans like went, you know, ape shit, and it was like, you don't see how that was a complete foul on you guys. Mm-hmm. Whatever. But uh, Thursday night, the Nuggets are playing Golden State. It's going to be a third match. Like a Golden State. Like a Golden. It's a third game against Golden State in under a month. They played them November tenth, November twenty third, and now again on the 29th. So, God, I think the Nuggets have played Golden State and Miami for like twenty percent of their games this year. Whoa. So. This is rigged. I was asking my uh, my fellow SB Nation dudes over at Golden State of Mind if they wanted to do a Q&A game preview for Thursday. And I was told by Nate P, or as he calls himself, Warrior Nate. I'm Nuggets Nate. Warrior Nate, way cooler name. Uh, he was like, I don't know if I want to do it. He's like, I'm sick of the Nuggets. You know, played you guys <laughs> twice. The Nuggets have beaten them twice. One game was that uh, triple overtime craziness. So, you know. Listen, Warrior Nate. You have one job to do, okay? You're a freaking Golden State blogger, all right? Okay? Okay, Warrior Nate? You're listening? I want to get like a Warrior Nate tattoo on my neck or something. I want to be Warrior (laughs) Nate. I'm moving to Oakland. Settled, Ross. Find a new partner. I'm out of here. That's in Oakland? For now. They're moving back to San Francisco. I guess if it was in Oakland or if it was in San Francisco, they wouldn't call it Golden State. You know what I mean? Like, Oakland sounds worse. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're like, we're in Oakland. Let's brighten things it's up. It's like if your football team is in Pueblo, Colorado, you'd probably call it, like, the Centennial State team. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Indeed. But uh, Ooh, Friday. Ripping on Pueblo out of the blue. Boom. Oh, poor little Pueb- Puebloians. What does Pueblo have? Peppers? Is that what they have down there? They got a jail, I think, like a prison or something. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Pueblo. Uh, Friday. It's the staging area for the cartel's traffic north to Denver, Chicago, and the West Coast and the Northwest. Wow. Nice. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. last two games this week, Thursday and Friday, Golden State's on TN, the, the game will be on TNT, and then Friday we're in Los Angeles to play the Lakers for the first time this year, and that's gonna be on ESPN. So I think you can watch that via the interwebs, Ross. If you wanted to. Not if I don't have pay for it. ESPN three? Can't you get on there with? Oh, your, you gotta uh, have a gotta subscription have the to ESPN in order to watch it on the internet. Like, why would I need that, that if no I sense. had that? <laughs> yeah, uh, that makes no sense. But. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we stream all that stuff. But you gotta have cable. So it's gonna be the first matchup Screw against you. the uh, Lakers. Everybody's excited about that. L.A. Right, and then uh, want to mention. December 9th, I guess we'll probably be able to mention this as well, but we're playing the New York Knicks in New York, and we're going to do another Stiff's Night Out for that. Denver Stiff's Night Out. Down at Jake's Food and Spirits, 38th and Walnut. We're going to get some uh, stuff to give away at that one as well. And um, we beat them last time when we did a Stiff's Night Out. Overtime. Danilo Gallinari, 30 points, plenty of gelato. I like a Chipotle burger and a Jake's a fine food and a spirits. Eggnog. Uh, yeah, that Chipotle burger sounds pretty good right about now. 
Spotleberg. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stiff's Night Out, December 9th. Stiff's Night Out. Lots of giveaways. Probably not a, as good of giveaways as our Colorado Sports Guys Denver Bronco ticket giveaway. No, I mean, we're not giving away Broncos tickets, which yes. are, uh, you got to basically kill somebody to get a hold of those. That's right. And, or in this case, if you do kill someone, you're, you're probably going to be disqualified. Leave it as the message. You're that person died. <laughs> make uh, it yeah, a, do make it a Cleveland Browns fans last breath. Oh yeah. Just maybe John Boehner. <laughs> John Boehner. Damn that guy. Poor, <laughs> Poor John Boehner. Poor John Boehner. Always ripping on Boehner. He's a nice guy. Yeah. Great guy. Great blog as well. Yeah. My Just lives in Cleveland. Live it clean. Where all the best Broncos bloggers live. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> well, well that, that about does it. What do we got? 25 minutes into this one? I'm telling you, man, I'm tired. I, 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 hey, this one's all on me. I, I take full responsibility for the poor energy and low quality of this episode, number 80-something, whatever we are. 78. 79, 79. Yeah. So hey, cool. uh, when we come back Thursday to do a podcast that nobody will ever hear because Nate will not upload it. No upload. You know the best part about the, you know, the NFL weekly pick'em kind of preview is publishing it after the weekend's over. Hey, it was Sunday morning still. Broncos game was like half over when I got that bad boy out. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, so what's up? Are we going to talk about uh last week's pick'em then? Let's do it all Thursday. Let's roll all that into one. How about it? That sounds fine. Booyah, let's do that. Episode 79 in the books. We're going to see all you guys Thursday.